In this podcast recording, Imofsby explores the theme of endurance and waiting on the Eucharist service on Sunday, the 17th of October. So in this session, this title of today is thinking about endurance and waiting. And in this community, I think we know about waiting and this call to endurance. And so I just want to share with you some thoughts I've been reflecting on this quite difficult time in our our story as a community. And just a personal reflection on how that's kind of affected me. So on Thursday this week, last week, I went on the train to Liverpool to escape after what I can only safely describe as one of the most testing two weeks of my working life. And unfortunately, on the most busiest packed train I have ever been on. As I get older, I realise that it's increasingly difficult to be in cramped places full of people. It really winds me up, not like when I was a student when it was quite the norm. So this time I went to the shop to get away from the crowds in the carriage in a plush virgin pantolino train to get a coffee to calm down. However, on this occasion, and in my complete horror, I managed to trip on the way back spilling most of the contents of a, on a lady with a bright white synthetic top. Not only did the coffee stain her white dress, but it made her garment completely see-through. Not my finest moment, assisting her with some paper toweling I found in the toilet. After my hundredth sorry for being sorry for being sorry, she gestured to me to shut up with her hand in the air and said, Don't you know, we are called to endure. She was very generous. I'm not sure I would have been so very kind. She even refused to allow me to give her money to get the dry cleaning done. I don't know about you, but I don't like the word endure. It sticks out with its sharp edges. As a word, it makes a demand on us that we can't ignore that suffering as part of life and that consuming what we like doesn't always bring us happiness and contentment. For many of us in this community, consuming to the contrary has not brought us relief, but further suffering, pain, and for some, addiction. In the modern world, there is much pain, and I think many of us experience it because many in this community are not very rich, and that struggle is part of a daily episode of life. But I think many of us, until very recently, thought that pain could be avoidable and are realising that it is not. Endurance annoyingly just won't go away. It keeps popping up. And to my own utter frustration, endurance seems to be at the very heart of the Christian spiritual journey. The other frustrating thing about the word endurance are all the other annoying words that are associated with it, such as patience, waiting, powerlessness, humility, submission, and the alike. Endurance, in all its annoyingness, is basically saying that we are not in control 
And if we are seeking deep spiritual faith, there will be profound moments where we are not in control and there is precisely nothing that we can do about it. Suffering, unfortunately, is part of the journey. So don't get me wrong, I'm not a sadist. It's not that I think we should look for pain and powerlessness to then demonstrate good endurance. No, it's, not a, it's more about the endurance of an important part of the journey of life and that to be human means that pain is part of life and we are called to endure. For example, looking at my life, if you had said 10 years ago that I would stop working as a well-paid head occupational therapist to get ordained in a slightly challenging Church of England, to then not get paid for a whole year because a charity forgot to pay me, and stuffed up the results that I nearly ended up bankrupt, and then eventually to be, after a large struggle, to receive a stipend in London, which is the lowest in the country, to then have no financial security year on year, and that I would then commit to leading a group called Moot in total financial insecurity, to then to commit to a project which had also no certainty in the middle of international economic crisis. I don't think I would ever have believed you, but that is my life. Now, please hear me, I'm not sanctioning complete recklessness, and I know at times I have done very stupid things. Now, what I am saying is that faith is challenging and will take you to hard, difficult places. And that isn't because we're being irresponsible, but this is the nature of the Christian call. And this is so because of faith, but because facing our woundedness, the things in our life that have really hurt us, and even our brokenness, this calling to face the ego or false self of which consumerism colludes, facing all of that in pain is an essential part of the journey of discipleship. I grew up in a loving single parent family where struggle was part of the life, and I was told by the first Christians that I met that actually if you become a Christian, then struggling goes away. I think for many of us, we're all told that lie. And unfortunately, it never goes away. That form of subtle prosperity gospel is a complete lie. So much of the last two weeks, I have spent in tears because life has just been incredibly hard on a daily basis. Spirituality, and more precisely the Christian faith, does promise wholeness and centeredness, but it can never offer an anaesthetic to the painful realities of life. And it is here that we encounter the radical centre of faith, that God mystically meets us in those painful, abandoned places of our heart, where pain and powerlessness and that deep lostness and uncertainty is where the Trinity already inhabits. The bizarre thing is that when we find these places, we find that God is already there. So we are not only just called to endure, but through the power of our living spiritual relationship that we can overcome the boundaries that hold us, or the boundaries and barriers that impoverish us and where we live and how we live. So it is in the context of our everyday, in the pain of that existence, or the pain of, of awaiting change and for the arrival of good times, it is in that place that we encounter the words of Christ in this parable about the unjust judge. And I repeat, 
Will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to God day and night? Will God delay long in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Paradoxically, it is in the context of pain where we are called to endure that we find the deep resourcing of God through our relationship with the divine of the Trinity that we are called to endure and be patient. Those who know me know that I am one of the most impatient people in the world having to do a job that requires me to be patient on an infinite scale. I don't always succeed in being patient. But patience and having to wait is formational. Now I know Moot is still uncertain about what is going to happen about a permanent home and this is unsettling and can be disappointing and very emotionally upsetting. We are constantly wrestling with our fragility and the ultimate question, is Moot going to make it? It is my hope and belief that we will make it through. We will overcome the things that hold us back from this hope. But it may not entirely be like what we first imagined. It may not be with those who we assumed would be key in it as we first conceived. But I do think our dream of an arts cafe lounge and its fulfilment of a new monastic vision and community will come when we least expect it, an unexpected door will open and new possibilities present themselves. I also believe that as we struggle in our own personal lives, where we live and with our work and the uncertainty of the world at the moment, there is this expectancy and this call to persevere in all our separate situations, which is not easy, but God is there with us. And in this time we are now in, we are called to wait, not passively waiting. You know, what is going on in this community, for example, on Wednesday evenings is, is an exciting new venture for this community. But it is a time for patience, pulling together, participating, praying, and hoping in the face of powerlessness and substantial obstacles. So how do we respond to this call to endurance? Well, I have found great solace this week in our shared moot rhythm of life, spiritual practices and postures. The danger is, I think, with many of these things, that we go into our heads to think it through, or we go into avoidance and consumption to try and get away from it. But I think the secret, a bit like going to the gym, you hate having to go to the gym, I loathe going to the gym, but we feel so much better afterwards. And there's something about that with the spiritual practices. Yeah. The discipline of actually using prayer, a rhythm of life, postures and practices do bring um, hope. They do bring peace and centeredness. So through that this week, and I have been very upset most days in my own nakedness and my own ability to destroy other people's clothing at inopportune moments, there's something about these spiritual practices that goes very deep, that free us, they bring transformation, they bring liberation to be able to live in the moment, free from all those things that hold us back. So by persevering through prayer and balance and all the rest of it, we will overcome. This was the story of the Hebrews 
This is the story of the Jews. This is the story of Jesus and the early church. And this is our continuing story, the story of moot in all our diversity in the 21st century. To finish, I want to play something from one of my teachers. Martin Luther King Jr. is one of those people who knew endurance and suffering more than most. And I think he has something to say to us. So let's listen to this. There's a little song that we sing in our movement down in the South. I don't know if you've heard it, but it has become the theme song. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. Though I join hands so often with students and others behind jail bars singing it, we shall overcome. Sometimes we've had tears in our eyes when we joined together to sing it, but we still decided to sing it. We shall overcome. No, before this victory is won, some will have to get thrown in jail some more, but we shall overcome. Don't worry about us. Before the victory is won, some of us will lose jobs, but we shall overcome. Before the victory is won, even some will have to face physical death. The physical death is the price that some must pay to free their children from a permanent psychological death. Then nothing shall be more redemptive. We shall overcome. Before the victory is won, some will be misunderstood and called bad names and dismissed as rabble-rousers and agitators. But we shall overcome. And i tell you why. We shall overcome because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. We shall overcome because Carlisle is right. No lie can live forever. We shall overcome because William Cullen Bryant is right. Truth crushed to earth will rise again. We shall overcome because James Russell Lowell is right. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future. Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. We shall overcome because the Bible is right. You shall reap what you sow. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. And with this faith, we will go out and adjourn the councils of despair and bring new light into the dark chambers of pessimism. And we will be able to rise from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope. And this will be a great America. We will be the participants in making it so. And so as I leave you this evening, I say, walk together, children. Don't you get weary. There's a great camp meeting in the family. Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Thank you.